0: Welcome back to our Pilgrim's Progress podcast Uh, We are now on session 4 And if you're following along um, in your book We're on page 56 And going to be going through page 62 this evening So we're going to start in uh, Where we left Christian with last week He was walking along Looking at a scroll With uh, two other guys who were with him And uh, if you remember they weren't the most savory of characters. Uh, In fact, um, they weren't uh, on the same team as Christian, were they? No, they were not. And so when we pick up uh, today at the bottom of page 56, we're going to see the differences between these characters spelled out uh, quite starkly here. And so we come to what's called the three ways. And it says, I beheld them that they all went on till they came to the foot of the hill difficulty at the bottom of which was a spring. Uh, There were also in the same place two other ways beside that, which came straight from the gate. One turned the left hand and the other to the right at the bottom of the hill. But the narrow way, we know that from scripture, the narrow way lay right up the hill. And the name of the going up the side of the hill is called difficulty christian now went to the spring and drank thereof to refresh himself and then began to go up the hill saying the hill though high i covet to ascend the difficulty will not me offend for i perceive the way to life lies here come pluck up heart let's neither faint nor fear better though difficult the right way to go than wrong though easy where the end is woe and so we have christian at the hill of difficulty um you want to say anything here about the name of the hill or what it represents
1: sure so we've got to remember that uh, bunyan is using allegory Mm -hmm. to try to deal with issues that christians face on their journey to heaven right and he's using this hill called difficulty to remind us that following jesus doesn't always or maybe rarely lead you down easy paths. The way of Jesus, which is uh, represented by the narrow path that goes straight up the hill, the way of Jesus following Jesus can lead you uh, through some difficult waters uh, or through some difficult times. He's trying to remind us there that uh, that following Jesus doesn't mean your difficulties go away or your hardships go away. It's not deliverance from difficulty when you follow Jesus. It's God's presence and promises through the difficulty. Right. And so he's trying to remind us of that. And this, of course, this flies in the face of some of the false teaching we hear today about prosperity and wealth, that if you have enough faith, yeah, if, you're, health, wealth, gospel. if you're doing the right thing, then you you know you'll get that promotion at work you will you know, get, get that raise, you'll you know, be able to upgrade your car, right. you'll get a better house, you'll be healed, and you know, the opposite is often true. Sometimes following Jesus will, instead of you getting that promotion, will cause you to lose your job because of, of being faithful to Christ. And so uh, I think this, this reminder uh, here is important for us to keep, keep in the, the forefront.
0: Yeah, and and what Christian says, the second to last line, is better though difficult. It is a better pathway than those other ways. It's the right way to go. Now, here's where we see the difference between uh, Christian and formalist and hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. It says, The other two also came to the foot of the hill, but when they saw that the hill was steep and high, and that there were two other ways to go, and supposing also that these ways might meet again with that up which Christian went, They didn't have any proof. They were just hoping. On the other side of the hill, therefore, they were resolved to go in those ways. Now, the name of one of those ways was danger, and the name of the other, destruction. So the one took the way which is called danger, which led him into a great wood, and the other took directly up the way to destruction, which led him into a wide field full of dark mountains, where he stumbled and fell and rose no more. (laughs) So
1: That was it. Yep, Goodbye. To quote Indiana Jones, he chose poorly. Right,
0: right. Mm-hmm. I looked then after Christian to see him go up the hill, where I perceived he fell from running to going. So I guess running is fast and going is not so fast. Mm-hmm. And from going to clamoring, or clambering.
1: It's getting the it's getting harder. As it goes up, he's he's running, he yep. slows down. Now he's you know, he starts to,
0: he's huffing to and puffing. climb on
1: hands and knees, it says.
0: I, I kinda picture like the Boston Marathon doesn't have a lot of hills. Right. So upon his hands and knees because of the steepness of the place. Now, we get the first geographic anomaly on the, the hill of difficulty. Now, about the midway to the top of the hill was a Pleasant Arbor. Uh, what's a Pleasant Arbor, Wade?
1: Well, a Pleasant Arbor is a place with some shelter, shade, a place to rest, uh, oftentimes... Some shade trees. Shade trees or some type of structure... Uh, that you can rest under, and I think there's some symbolism here that in the midst of following Jesus through difficulty, there are times when God gives us rest and reprieve, and we go through moments of of um, of just blessing and favor, where, where you know things are going well, life oh, yeah. is going good. You know, um, there, there's no uh, real difficulty that we're walking through in in that moment, and those are blessings from God that He gives us those reprieves, those moments to catch our breath. Right, uh, and, and and this can take many forms. It can be a, you know, God can use people in our life to to give us that encouragement and that rest, or a stage of life, or uh, you know. Um, something's doing our life spiritually but this pleasant arbor just just recognizes the fact that God does give us those those moments to to catch our breath
0: and it couldn't come at a better time for christian cuz he really had nowhere else to go except on his stomach and crawling at that point he was out of energy out of breath unable to stand and it was so steep that this uh, arbor shows up right before his strength gives out mm-hmm. now what ends up happening is uh Christian, um, he, he gets there where also he sat down to rest him. Then he pulled his roll out of his bosom. Now remind us what this roll was from last week that Christian talks about.
1: When um, Christian lost his burden at the cross and the sepulcher of the cross, and the empty tomb, he it was a symbolic way of saying that uh, Christian's understanding of the gospel caused him to uh, shake uh, or come free from his guilt and his shame. And at that moment, three shining ones come and give him gifts. Right. One of those gifts was the, this, this scroll that he takes out and reads. And Bunyan gives us a clue here as to what this scroll is all about because when he wrote Pilgrim's Progress, he accompanied some of the allegories with Scripture. And when the shining one gave Christian the scroll, he uh, put the Scripture down, Ephesians 1.13, which talks about being sealed uh, by the Spirit until the day of redemption. So it speaks of assurance of salvation. And the Shining One said, you will show this scroll when you get to the gates of the celestial city, which represents heaven. And so it's almost like this scroll uh, it represents his citizenship in heaven. Right, They're his citizenship papers, his passport, if you will, that he is a citizen of heaven. And, and so it's interesting that at this pleasant arbor, um, Christian takes it out and just and just is, is looking at it again and being strengthened by the the promises of God, his identity, who he is now as a citizen of heaven, uh, the the realities that he's sealed in the Spirit, the assurance, the strength that gives him.
0: Right, and the, and the the scroll is a really interesting. Uh it's an interesting object because it's got some objective and subjective values to it. As we're about to see through this passage, mm-hmm. uh, something interesting is going to happen with it. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is it says, Thus pleasing himself a while, he at last fell into a slumber and thence into a fast sleep, which detained him in that place until it was almost night. And in his sleep, his roll fell out of his hand. Now as he was sleeping, there came one to him and awaked him, saying, Go to the ant thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, Proverbs six, 6. And with that, Christian suddenly started up and sped him on his way and went apace till he came to the top of the hill. And so he wakes up so fast, he doesn't realize the scroll has fallen
1: out of his possession. Right. And he gets to the top of the hill. Right. Now, there's a little interesting insight there before he continues on his journey. Bunyan uses Proverbs 6.6 to speak of being a sluggard. And the idea there for Christians is this. We should not... We should not enjoy our comfort and peace so much that we are unwilling to keep on following Jesus wherever He leads. Right. I think it's possible that we get to a place in life where we get comfortable and we're re- and we're resting and we've kind of mitigated trouble and trial in our life and we're at a very comfortable place. And sometimes we can enjoy that comfort so much we're not really we're not willing to move forward if it takes us to difficulty. Right. And and Bunny calls that being a sluggard.
0: <laughs> well, God's means of refreshment. Should never distract us from the mission God has given us. Exactly. Um, so he he loses his scroll, but he doesn't know it yet. Right. And then he now when he was got up to the top of the hill, this is the bottom of page fifty-eight. There came two men running to meet him amain. So there's two more characters now. The name of the one was Timorous, and of the other Mistrust, to whom Christian said. Uh, Sir, what's the matter? You run the, the wrong way. Timorous answered that they were going to the city of Zion and had got up that difficult place. But he continues, but the farther we go, the more danger we meet with. Therefore, wherefore, we turned and we're going are going back again. So they went up the right way, unlike uh, the other two men. But they get to a certain point of danger and they say, we're out. And mistrust adds on, yes, for just before us lie a couple of lions in the way. Whether sleeping or waking, we know not. And we could not think if we came within reach, but they would presently pull us in pieces. So Christian says, you make me afraid, but whither shall I flee to be safe? If I go back to my own country, that is prepared for fire and brimstone. And I shall certainly perish there. If I can get to the celestial city, I'm sure to be in safety there. I must venture to go back is nothing but death to go forward a sphere of death and life everlasting beyond it. I will yet go forward.
1: Right. And, you know, this is interesting because, again, I believe a lot of what Bunyan is dealing with here is autobiographical. Mm-hmm. And undoubtedly, he was taking the difficult path of being a Baptist pastor when it was uh, not legal. Was, right. He was a nonconformist, and the, the, the state church did not allow... Uh, these other free churches to to meet. And so that's why Bunyan was in prison for preaching outside of the the boundaries of the state church, the, the Church of England. And certainly there are people trying to convince him you know, just you know, just just take it easy. Right. You know, you don't have to go down this road. You don't have to be in prison. You don't have to do that. And and you know, timorous is a great word. It means lack of confidence, or it means to be frightened. Uh, you know, and, and, and to be shaken, if you will. And and timorous here mistrust. They're they're shaken by danger, and they 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 turn and go the opposite direction. And so I think Bunyan is reminding us here. There are going to be people that try to convince you. Uh, not to move forward if it's dangerous and if right. it's hard.
0: And I think it's this is going to get interesting at in the next passage. But timorous and mistrust don't actually see the lions do anything threatening. Right. They imagine if they were to come at us, well, they would eat us. Yep. But they don't see them move. They don't know if they're awake or asleep. They say they just say, well, this could be bad. So everything they're running from is imagined. Right. It wasn't actual danger. It was imagined danger. And Christian, you know, basically weighs the options. He says, if I go back, it's death. If I go forward, I fear, you know, it's fear of death, but there's safety if I get to the celestial city. So he goes on, it says, uh, so mistrust and timorous ran down the hill and Christian went on his way. But thinking again of what he heard from the men, and this is interesting that Bunyan's looking at the psychology of a Christian and when faced with danger... What do we turn to as Christians? We turn to some type of witness to God's grace to us, whether it's Scripture or our own uh, assurance. And so God's what, pro-
1: God's promises. Yeah. yeah
0: right. So here's what Christian does. It says, um, but thinking again of what he heard from these men, he felt in his bosom for his role that he might read therein and be comforted, but he felt and found it not. Then was Christian in great distress. He knew not what to do for he wanted that which used to relieve him. And that which should have been his passage to the celestial city, here therefore he began to be much perplexed and knew not what to do, and he bethought himself that he had slept in the arbor that is on the side of the hill, and falling down upon his knees, he asked God's forgiveness, for that his foolish act, and then went back to look for his role. So, and then the rest of this uh, passage just talks about all the whole way down how he's just basically, you know, confessing his sins. He feels terrible. Weeping. Yeah, he's he's uh, and and when he sees the arbor, it says uh, his that sight renewed his sorrow the more, and uh, bringing again even afresh his evil of sleeping on to his mind. Uh, by now, now by this time he was come to the arbor again. Middle of page sixty, where for a while he sat down and wept. But at last, as providence would have it, looking sorrowfully down under the settle, there he espied his role. the which he with trembling and haste, caught up and put it into his
1: bosom. So he gets it back. Right, and the next two lines are really key, what this role is. It it kind of confers what we said earlier. Who can tell how joyful this man was when he had gotten his role again? For this role was the assurance of his life and the acceptance of the desired haven. So it's it's basically God's promises that he is sealed, he is a citizen of heaven. Right,
0: and uh, therefore he laid it up in his bosom, gave thanks to God for directing his eye to the place where it lay, and with joy and tears betook himself again to his journey. Now, the, the next paragraph is, is is cool, and we go back into the idea of the psychology of the Christian walk, Right, and th- there are times in our Christian life where all of us just flop. We fail miserably,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we think maybe God's done with us, and we're you know, in our mind we're searching for some type of assurance and peace. And I know in times of my life when I found it, you know, there's there's this evidence that God is not done with you, God has not forsaken you, God accepts your repentance, and you become reconsoled with assurance of your salvation, the promises in Scripture, like Christian with his scroll scroll. And then right after that, it's easy to obey again. It's easy to go through the same situation and be like, you know, not not today, devil. Right. And so you look. But, oh, how, how nimbly now did he go up the rest of the hill? So the second time Christian goes up the hill, he's just, you know, running like it's nothing. Right. And uh, I can see that a lot in my Christian life. I'm sure other people can relate to that. And it says, and thus he began, again began to consult, to, to condole with himself. And he talks again about his sinful sleep, right? Oh, thou sinful sleep. How for thy sake am I like to be benighted in my journey? So the sun setting is coming to be dark. Um, I must walk without the sun. Darkness must cover the path of my feet. And I must hear the noise of the doleful creatures because of my sinful sleep.
1: And that's that's all imagery that comes from 1 Thessalonians uh, 5 because he quotes that uh, earlier in this passage. But in 1 um, Thessalonians uh, 5, verse 6, it says, So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a, a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God, for God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's right. basically saying that we need to stay alert uh, be spiritually sober. Continue to follow Jesus. Don't slumber and sleep through life. Uh, we we want to follow Jesus wherever He leads. Right,
0: and it it really um, it goes back to that warning that He saw in the house of the interpreter. Remember, mm-hmm. as page forty eight, the man in the cage mm-hmm. for the lust, pleasures, and profits of this world, and the enjoyment of which I did then promise myself much delight. Uh, but now every one of those things also bite me and gnaw me like a burning worm. Remember that that guy had walked in a fashion after the Lord and then from those pleasures, he had actually been put to sleep and then put into a cage. Right. And so Christian is, it's like he's warning himself again not to ever do that again. Right. He's, he's kind of reconfirming what he earlier committed to do. And so uh, he's... At the top of the hill, and uh, on page 61, these beasts range in the night for their prey, and if they should meet with me in the dark, how should I shift them or escape them? How should I escape being by them torn in pieces? He's beginning to imagine the same things that uh, Timurus and Mistrust were. Thus he went on his way. And then something different happens to him than happened to Timurus. And mistrust, and and that's the at the palace beautiful, it says. But while he was thus bewailing his unhappy miscarriage, he lifted up his eyes and behold, there was a very stately palace before him. The name of which was beautiful, and it stood just by the highway side. So I saw in my dream that he made haste and went forward, that if possible he might get lodging there. Now before he had gone far, he entered into a very narrow passage, which was about a furlong off the porter's lodge. So, uh, the way these old mansions used to work as they would have a gate. They would have different houses outside the main house where a guy like the Porter who kind of managed the entry and access to the main estate would, would live. So he sees the, this is right near the Porter's lodge and uh, it says, now though he, I see the now thought he, I see the dangers that mistrust and timers are driven back by the lions were chained, but he saw not the chains. Then he was afraid and thought also himself to go back after them. So he's going down the same path that timorous and Mistrust did go down. And uh, he's starting to worry the same way they worried. And it even says that he's thinking about turning back. But what happens different for him?
1: Well, the porter gives him some information about these lions. He's scared of the lions. It's a narrow path. He's saying, if I keep going down this path towards this Palace Beautiful, which we'll talk about next week, what the Palace Beautiful is all about. Right. But as he as he sees these lines, he is afraid. But we get some uh, information from the narrator saying the lines were on chains, um, so th- th- they um, they're, they were limited as mm-hmm. to what they could do. But Christian doesn't know this, so Porter has to tell him that on the page of uh, top uh, top Bottom page page 60, uh,
0: starts talking.
1: Yeah, one sixty two. It says his name was Watchful. Yeah, Porter is that strength so small on page sixty two. Fear not the lions, for they are chained and are placed there for trial of faith where it is, and for discovery of those who have none. keeping in the midst of the path, and no hurt shall come unto thee. And so I, you know, the lions, of course, represent danger, represent the enemy who wants to attack us. You know, the Bible says that Satan is like a roaring lion yeah. seeking those whom he can devour. And I believe these lions who are dangerous, but who are chained, really picture the sovereignty of God, yeah. even over the enemy, that Satan is Satan is limited as to what he can do to us. Because
0: at the end of Romans 8, Paul lists all these things out hmm. and then says none of these can separate us from the love of God. Right. Those All of those things are real things. Mm-hmm. They're real dangers. They're real harms. But they're like chained lions because right. they cannot do any real harm to us. Right. The sovereignty of God, like you said, keeps those lions... At a certain point, and past that, they can do nothing else.
1: Right. God is over Satan. He, you know, some people picture spiritual warfare as you know, kind of the Lord in one corner and Satan in the other corner It's kind of this boxing yeah, contested match.
0: ground. You don't know who's going to win.
1: Right. And that is that cannot be further from the biblical truth. The biblical truth is God allows Satan to do his thing. Like right. now. Yeah, like
0: In the Book of Job, like in the Book of Job, go this far, but don't touch him.
1: Yeah, don't touch him. He has limits to what Satan can do. And it, it just remind. I love this passage. I have it underlined. Um, in this book, you know how they're on chains, and it reminds me of a quote by Lottie Moon. This is Lottie Moon season. Yeah, Lottie Moon Christmas offering. She was a missionary in China, and the, she visited our church this last Sunday. Well, yeah, well, yeah, the, the, yes. Um, the um, the the work she did was significant. And late eighteen hundreds, uh, she was a single lady in China, a very dangerous area. And she wrote this statement. She says, I am firmly convinced that I'm immortal until my work on earth is done. Mm-hmm. In other words, nothing can touch my life uh, unless God allows it. Right. And it, though it's not spelled out this way
0: in this passage, there is the verse, resist the devil and he will what? Flee. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, well, is thy strength so small? Fear not the lions, for they are chained and are placed there for trial of faith where it is and for discovery of those who have none. And that is the rub with Timorous and uh, I've already forgotten his name. Mistrust, mistrust. Yeah, Timmers mistrust. They were discovered there to have no faith. Right. They thought they had faith, but this point of discovery, they ran. They had no faith. Right. Keep in the midst of the path, and no hurt shall come unto thee. And that's like the promises of God from Scripture. You know, don't fear those who can cure the bo- who can kill the body, and afterwards can do nothing. Right. Fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. And, hell. Right. and so you have these promises of who you're to fear and who you're not to fear, and Scripture guides us between two chained lions, right? Yeah, it's, right. uh It's a great analogy.
1: He's trembling as he goes, but it says they did him no harm, and it's just a, a pretty, pretty cool story of God's yeah. sovereignty over the enemy and trusting God's promises as we uh, follow Jesus.
0: Well, um, I guess we're going to pause for now because now he comes to the actual outside of Palace Beautiful, and it's a great scene, it's one, of, uh, it's one of my favorite sections of the book, I know every section is your favorite, <laughs> but the next, uh, next one is one of my favorite sections, and uh, so if you want to pre-study it before we get to the next one, it's going to be pages 62 through 74, it's a longer section, we will try not to talk as long on it, but we are done for this week, and uh, we hope you enjoy this. Leave any questions or comments in the comments on the uh, video, and we'll get back to you. And we hope you have a wonderful Christmas if we don't see you before then. And uh, anything else, Wade? May the Lord
1: richly bless you. And keep you. Amen.